Welcome to this edition of Rural Perspectives, brought to you by Egg Country Farm Credit Services. I'm Megan Overby for the Red River Farm Network. And joining the podcast this week is Katie Tangen, Market Education Specialist with Egg Country. Katie, as always, thanks for taking some time to talk. No problem. Enjoy it. Yes, well, the primary focus of this week's podcast is, of course, going to be the December USDA report that we received. Uh, You know, not a whole lot of new or groundbreaking information, if you will. So, Katie, help us kind of lay out the basics that were covered in this report. You know, you're right. There wasn't a lot of groundbreaking information. That's pretty typical for the December report. Um, You know, we've kind of gotten through the production season. USDA is not quite yet ready to finalize yields and that sort of thing. So those numbers will actually come out in January, I believe January 12th. Um, And we'll have final production numbers for corn and soybeans. The wheat number, of course, was finalized in September. So, you know, that was the first part of it. But I think it also um, kind of solidified some ideas of, the demand strength we've had recently, um, you know, markets have been a little bit more choppy in the past few weeks than what we saw through most of the fall. And, and that's okay. I mean, it, it's not a break here and there is not all bad for market strength. It lets, you know, prices kind of digest where they've come from. Um, it lets maybe buyers feel a little bit better about getting involved than they may have if we had just gone straight higher. But I think overall the news, that, you know, demand is remaining strong. They did not change the corn export number, and that's what's going to be watched very closely as we go through the rest of the uh, marketing year because we have a lot of sales on the books for corn, but not necessarily shipments. Um, Well, I mean, we have plenty of shipments, but they're not keeping pace, I guess, with what you would expect given the sales that we have. So that's one thing that will be watched. We want to make sure that those... um, bushels leave the port. They did revise the Chinese corn import number higher. That's uh, something that was being watched very closely. If you go back two months, we were just at 7 million metric tons, which is their tariff rate quota. They have never officially changed that. There was some back and forth, USDA, what do we do with that? Well, last month they went to, I think, 13.5 and this month 16.5. So we do continue to see that sort of strength. And we look at soybeans, um, we saw the crush number revised higher. A um, little bit surprising, but you know we have had a pretty decent crush pace. Um, and I think ultimately if they do have to back off somewhere, what would happen is that we may lose that out of crush, but we would add it to exports. So overall, pretty constructive balance sheets. Yes, for sure. And when you were talking about China and kind of some of those numbers, uh, you know, exports from the U.S., of course, the question that we have been hearing about lately is, you know, the commitments of those phase one trade agreements and will China, you know, fulfill those commitments? And, And so... I know the numbers probably won't be fresh, fresh for that January report, but, you know, could we see some buying between now and the end of the year or or some of these, you know, orders being confirmed? What's your thought on on China and phase one trade commitments? You know, I think that they'll do their best. Um, I don't know if we'll meet the 
the dollar target or not. Because remember, this wasn't a volume target under phase one. It was a dollar target. And, you know, it's kind of twofold. How much, but then at what price? So uh, that one gets to be a little bit tricky. But I do think we're going to see some sustained interest. I think a lot of the question may be um, we're not seeing those daily sales like we did through a lot of August and September and even into October. But they're still showing up when we get the weekly reports. And all that really means is that they're not necessarily buying quantities that are reportable each day. So they're still buying. They're trying to stay a little bit under the radar. I think that's pretty normal um, behavior. But the other part we have to look at is what happens in South America. Obviously, their weather has been less than ideal. They are getting rains in a few areas, but there's a lot of concern that they're going to end up with a shorter crop. They don't have much buffer there because a lot of that they shipped out already last, um, you know, last spring, our spring and early in our summer. Um, so that's the other part we have to watch here. You know, what sort of weather do they have through the last few weeks of December and how does that set them up in terms of harvest for their beans? Because we'll remember about two thirds of their corn crop comes as a second crop after those beans. And then, you know, what size of bean crop are we looking at here and how much can they conceivably give up in terms of export? And two, jumping back to, you know, kind of the whole humness of this report, really what we're gearing up for, like you said, is that January report. So what type of a position does this kind of put the markets into or you know, what are what is some of the big information that traders and, and those even on the farmer side are going to be looking for that will determine the reaction of the markets moving forward? I think the big one is one production. And really, you know, we talk a lot about the yield and yeah, it has come down from the pretty lofty expectations that we had in July. But that doesn't really mean we had a bad crop. I mean, 100 and, I can't remember, 177 bushel or something corn, 175 bushel corn is not a bad crop. But what we're looking at is that the initial expectation was that we would have 97 million acres planted. And right now, USDA is back at 91. So that's the 6 million acre difference. So that's one, one issue we're going to be looking at, the total production number um, and then demand. What also happens in January, and part of the other reason they don't do much in December, is that we have quarterly grain stocks come out. Typically, it would be at the end of December. Well, because of year end and all that, they hold it until January. Um, but that gives us a chance to square up the books, particularly for corn, it can be useful because we don't have a good way to track um, feed demand outside of that quarterly report. Um Exports, obviously, they get reported. Uh, ethanol, you get a pretty sound number there. But feed demand is something they back into um, based on on that quarterly number. How much are we short compared to what we thought we would have used? Um, so that that's another thing that's going to be watched pretty closely here. Feed number have been very, very good. And then, we, like I said, we square up the books and we can move forward from there. 
Yes. Well, one final thing I would like to talk with you about, Katie, is in this virtual world that we continue to live in, Egg Country is jumping on board and still providing uh, some of their members with valuable tools and information throughout the winter that would typically be delivered in person at different events. And so tell us more about a series of forums that you have coming up. The first one actually just in a week or so. Yeah, so on a uh, regular winter, what we would have is usually our branches have an office um, meeting or, you know, they may book something outside of the office, but in town. And we have everyone together, your usual winter meetings. Um, because of the COVID situation, we're not doing that this year. But what we are doing is holding those meetings virtually. So it'll be the same information, um, but we will have, you know, a tax speaker. We'll have a crop insurance um, specialist. We will do uh, retirement in succession planning and then market analysis or market update. Um, and those will all be in the mornings. Like you said, our first one is December 16th. And anyone can attend, to, attend those. Um, you just go into www.agcountry.com and there will be a link to sign up um, for those forums. And, you know, it's kind of a, a good way you can maybe work in your office and, and have this running, still be able to listen to it and, and those things. So just want to encourage everyone to go out and check that out. Well, very good, Katie. Thanks so much for taking time to talk with us this week. Thank you, Megan. That's the latest edition of Rural Perspectives, made possible by Egg Country Farm Credit Services. You can find out more by visiting eggcountry.com. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Megan Overby for the Red River Farm Network. <laughs>